to Aligned Mama Podcast. We're your hosts, Samantha Kapsick and Nikki Trout. And we're partnering up because we know motherhood is hard. Like really, really hard. (laughs) Really hard. (laughs) Get ready to equip yourself with practical tips and strategies to tackle daily trials, along with insights from expert guest speakers and relatable stories from other moms just like you. Join us weekly for advice, inspiring stories, and a supportive community of moms navigating the joys and challenges of motherhood together. Welcome back, mamas. This episode is number three of our Overcoming the Overwhelmed three-part series. So today, Samantha is going to share about living minimalistic-ish. Did I say that right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to run with it. (laughs) Yeah, minimalism, minimalist-ish-ish. Yes. A little bit. So... Buckle in. (laughs) This is the worst one ever. I might need to keep it. Buckle in. (laughs) So, Samantha, tell us what has motivated you to become minimalistic-ish and um, where you want to start. I think that it really struck a chord. Obviously, minimalism has been like a new trend. It's, you know, everywhere you see it a lot, you know, there's documentary on it. Um, so we're kind of dabbling in that. Um, but when we went to Guatemala, um, and coming back from that third world country and just seeing how little they have and just how much happier they are and just how much simpler life is. Um, and another thing is like how long the kids self play, like it's insane. Like They are playing in the dirt for hours with like marbles and like they'll have a few toys, but it's really minimal (laughs) what they have. Um, But it was just really eye opening coming back. And then like it was almost like you come back to all this stuff and you're like, whoa, like all of a sudden it felt like suffocating. So was there a moment in your home or in your adult life where you went from having a lot of things to learning how to give things up? Me and my husband both grew up in homes, which like very clean homes um, and all of that. But we both had basements that were always like no one could go downstairs because they were just packed with stuff. Um, And somehow, even though we're like, we do not want basements like that, like we want open space um, that like followed us. And we somehow had always had a basement full of stuff. And so... Um, with that, along with having three kids and, um, just feeling like I was drowning in cleaning, I hit this point where I was like, I do not want to clean. Like I want to make this easier and just like be able to tidy my house really fast. Um, and I don't want things in my basement anymore. I just want, I just started craving open space. So take us on your journey or what you've done in your home to get um, to that point where there's less clutter, there's more peace, and it feels like there's more space. So I will start with saying it is definitely a process. Usually, unless you're doing like a drastic, ruthless decluttering day or whatever, taking some time to do the whole entire house um, in like one swoop, 
it's going to be a process. You're going to start and you're going, it's like an onion and you're going to have layers. So you're going to go through at first and you're going to feel like you got all this stuff out and you're going to be like, wow, I got rid of so much. And then as you start living in it again, you're going to be like, you're going to start to realize like, you know, I could get rid of more. And so I feel like it's like that onion, like peeling back the layers. Um, and then also on the flip side, not going so drastic. Like I'm not one of the crazy minimalists. Um, like if you walk into my house, I don't necessarily think people would, maybe, I don't know. It's not like it's like we have a lot of stuff, but you know, some people might say we're more minimalist. Um, but some people might not ever notice that. But one thing is, is that I no longer have the like the closets that you're like stuffing full of stuff are the drawers that you can't open because they're so full. It feels like everything has a home and it's my whole thing was I want to be able to tidy my home very fast. The kids toys, I want to have it in a system so that it's not, yes, they're going to, kids are going to be kids and they're going to dump the toys all over the floor and that's okay. But what's your system and do you have a method of how to like contain it and just make it tidied faster or fast. So Samantha and I actually, we accidentally got into an organizing business together. We do that for outreach, but we um, were helping moms along the way. We discovered we worked really well together and we love to organize together. Samantha takes the lead. I'm a great co-pilot and we try to work as fast as possible. But what I've found just with doing that with you several times now is you have to find, you have to get rid of a lot of things if you are carrying too much stuff and there's just you know if you haven't used it what were you saying Samantha in six months or so yeah if you haven't used it in six months get rid of it it's probably just not gonna you know it's not a necessity but what I love is it seems like when we leave everything has a home has a place just like when we redid and overhauled my bedroom uh, my closet, everything has a place and it's so quick. Again, even when things get a little bit crazy, say you're running out the door and you have to change and you know, your five outfits in that don't fit that just ended up on the floor, you're you still have a place for everything and that's just gonna take you not that long to tidy up. So that's what I've found. Um and I know we've even have have had mothers say that very same thing. Yes, definitely that they feel, you know, more peace, more calm. It's not about, you know, getting to this place of like, oh, I barely have anything. It's like, you know, what's your level? Um, Also, I think that we hold on to a lot of stuff, like you mentioned, the outfits. I think there's so many people out there or women out there that we go to and then they're like, well, if I lose the weight or um, they might be holding on to something because they're like, well, I spent a lot of money on this and I just, I never really wore it and whatever the case is. And here's the thing is that one, those things, every time you look at them are making you have guilt, whether it's they don't fit because you've gained weight. So then you're looking at it and like having this negative self-talk of, um, why did I gain the weight? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to pressuring yourself to get back into those size clothes or the guilt of, wow, I really splurged on that and I really shouldn't have spent the money. And so then it's like that guilt is holding on and you're letting that thing, um, take up space like mentally and in your home or I think about the mom that um you know maybe they didn't have much when they were growing up and the mom that their kid is not going to go without any toy any toy that kid wants they're going to get and while there's probably an experience behind that or maybe even an emotional attachment to the why that you're doing that but I know um you know personally from knowing other women that 
it, it's hard and, and those areas of the house become chaotic with the toys and all of that. And it just seems kind of like a vicious cycle too. And there's never any order or chaos. And I'm not saying a house with multiple kids or even a single kid should be total order, total chaos. We're against all extremes here, but we're saying if you're walking into your home or it's bringing you stress every day, just like a previous podcast, when I talked about regaining control of where you've lost it, can you just stop and push pause and be like, do my kids need all of those? clothes do in you even on the adult side do you need all of those uh or sorry toys for the kids clothes for the adults or things or um kitchen items yeah definitely I think that we can love our kids to death and love them so much that we're just suffocating them in in things when really um if you look at the science behind it and when kids have less um, they're going to play more. They're going to, if they have an organized space where they can find um, the group-like items or they have a section for cars or kitchen things or whatever, um, they're going to self-play way more and for way longer. And you want to build their imagination. So if they have every toy under the sun and it does all the things for them, like where does the imaginary play come into? You know, that's so much, there's so much part of learning in that like for kids that's how like they develop that's how they like become critical thinkers and you know so I think sometimes we think we're doing this amazing thing by blessing them but we're really doing the opposite of you know for them and we all know um even like Sadie when I bring her to a ball game and I have a whole backpack packed of all of her favorite toys she's probably not going to play with them just like a kid at home when he has everything under the sun what does he really play with you know, I'm sure he doesn't play with all of them and there's missing pieces now. And, you know, we'll find them someday. Can't get rid of of this because I know there's another part somewhere over here. And he just always loved that one. So anyways, we're just saying, is there a point where you can stop and think, hey, is there something different we could do here? And chances are, if you do something different there, there will be a great deal of peace that you bring back to your lifestyle. So what other things would you like to share in regard to minimalistic-ish Um, so I find this interesting. We only use 20% of the things that we find in our, that we have in our home. Um, so my thought process is why be taking care of 80% of things? Why be spending the time on that? And I got to a place where I was cleaning and picking things up so much. Um, and I kept telling my kids like, mommy can't play with you right now. I got to clean. I got to do that. And like, it was like over and over. And then I'd have the guilt of like being in bed that night and being like, oh man, I never played with my kids. And like, that's so sad. Like I used to like cry and I'm like, that's not how I want to live. And like things are then at a higher value than my kids. Like not, not, that's not obviously how I really feel, but when you break it down, um, so if you find yourself in that position, it's just not worth it. Get less is more and it's going to be so freeing. Um, I have a, so I found this interesting that they actually did a sleep study with people and the the um, participants had no idea about this, but they had them sleeping on a bed and they couldn't see underneath the bed and they had done it multiple times and then uh, one of the beds was completely cleared underneath so there's nothing under it um, but again they couldn't see that the uh, and then then they'd have them sleep under a or on a bed that underneath of it was just complete clutter and chaos and they did all of the like 
sleep, I don't know, what, not EKG, that's for your heart, <laughs> but whatever, where they hooked it up to their mind, they could see like the REM sleep and all of that. And um, the the clutter drastically affected not only like how long it took them to fall asleep, but then their sleep quality. So, and they didn't even know that. That was just like mind blowing to me that they had no clue it was there. <clears throat> that's really interesting. Um, what about somebody that maybe is just overwhelmed and they've been living like this for so long or you're a single mom or whatnot, what are steps that they can take today to actually get started or to tackle something? I would say to just grab a bag for donate and run around the house and just start grabbing, um, set a number, whether it's five things a day, 10 things a day, whatever that number, if you're like, man, I, depending on your ambition of how fast you want to plow through it, you know, that number can be higher, but do little challenges like that where you're like, okay, for this month, I'm going to get rid of five things a day and run around the house and pick up five things. And it just gets your brain into that mode of, releasing things and you can even you know this sounds so silly but um there's truth behind this and I think it like frees our subconscious mind of it um but like the sparks joy you probably I always ask Nikki have you read this book and she does not read books (laughs) I know she hasn't but I know a lot of people have heard of spark spark joy um and she says to you know think your things like thank you for your service like I no longer need you, but like, let me bless someone else with this. That's good. I love that. (laughs) No, I haven't read that one, but I always tell you, give me the cliff note version. Okay. Um, So one thing you didn't touch on, Samantha, that I know you do is, so say you've already, you know, been doing this for a while. Um, You actually have a bin or a basket or a box somewhere in the house that is a Goodwill or donate pile or whatnot. Can you um, shed some light on that? Yeah, so when we first started doing this, my kids were kicking and screaming, probably like most kids, like, I don't want to get rid of my toys. And I will say that there are times when you need to step in as a parent and just like when the kids are gone, go through their stuff. But then also on the other side of it, show them respect and, you know, do it with them. It's a process. Like I said, it's a lifestyle journey. Um, So I would sit down with my kids and say like, okay, what can we, you know, go give to someone that doesn't have as much or that is less fortunate. And so for at first it was hard for them, but now they've gotten to a point over the years, they so willingly do it that sometimes my daughter, like the other day, she packed up her entire room and brought it into my room and said, I'm donating all of my toys. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) maybe not like every single one. Like I I love the generosity. Um, but we have a bit, I have a basket in my, um, master closet and my kids just know, like if they outgrow a pair of pants or, you know, sometimes you love a shirt and this is something like adults have to learn too. You might love a shirt. It might be, it might be so cute, but it just doesn't fit right in certain places or it bothers you or it's itchy or whatever. So you never choose that and you never wear it. Um, and so I've had to teach my kids that like, you might think that shirt is so awesome, but if you never wear it, why are we, why is it in your closet? Why is it taking up space? Um, so now my kids really like, I don't really ever have to go through their clothes hardly ever. Um, they just know like, Hey, these don't fit. These don't feel good. And I don't really question it either. Like I know some parents will be like, oh, you can't get rid of that. You know, it's whatever. Or this person give it, gave it to you. I don't put any of that pressure on my kids. I never say like, 
oh, you can never get rid of this because it's blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, never putting sentimental things. Like, it's just stuff. Um, and I'm a huge thrifter. And so most of our clothes are thrifted or um, I do a lot of trading with friends with clothes. So, like, I don't have a high... Um, value invested into the thing so I think that maybe might make it easier but if they don't play with it anymore if it doesn't fit right I'm like all right and when the box is full I take it and I take it to Goodwill. Um, I think there is a generational difference too right so I still have a living grandma that went through the Great Depression so I know there's things that you know whether it was a generational thing or something in the past that others have gone through that makes them you know attribute some kind of attachment to, to things but I'm the same as you um Samantha almost to a I would say almost to an extreme degree if it's just a thing I don't know I'm programmed or maybe this is just me you know knowing God more or whatever but I literally am like it is just a thing and my daughter went through cancer so if something happens to one of our things in our house, I actually don't get upset. Even a wall or whatever like gets broken or something that is valuable, maybe even passed down gets broken. I don't get probably even as upset as I should be. So, and I do think it's biblical, you know, we're not supposed to, you know, idolize anything or our things and have so many material possessions, right? That we're being greedy and, or we're not being good stewards of the home and just teaching our kids the appropriate way there. So, um, I, I know there's just a lot to this. So what else do you have, Samantha? Well, definitely. I just want to touch on that. Um, it is biblical. You know, there's that scripture in Proverbs that says not to store up things in our home that collects dust and rust. And so like, if we're putting high values on things, like, you know, then, then we're going to be consumed with things. And then it like just starts the spiral effect of, greed and um you know like you said like things and they can become idols and you know it just can start a whole rabbit hole so I think that if you have this approach and I'm kind of the same way like if you know stuff gets broken or I don't know like my mentality is always like we are all healthy and happy and alive and like it's just a thing it's just a whatever um but so so I think that that is, you know, like, and I think that our kids see that too, and they, they see how much value you place in things. So I think that like trickles down to them. So if you're holding on to stuff and like being possessive over things that they're going to have that, but if you have a free heart and you believe that like, you know, it's just more clothes, we can get more clothes, whatever, um, they're going to have that fluid and giving and receiving. Right. I think it's just another one of those false senses of security, you know, to have an abundance of things and to not lack or again, you know, maybe you didn't have things growing up. So I just think there's, again, a balance there. So Samantha, I know you had some stats or even some funny stats that made us laugh. I don't know if you want to share any of those. Yeah, I thought this one was really interesting. Women in a messy kitchen tend to ex uh, consume twice as many calories in cookies, which I don't know why specifically cookies, <laughs> um, than, than women in a tidy kitchen. So maybe it's not that you need to lose weight. Maybe your kitchen is just a little messy and you go clean your kitchen. Stress. stress <laughs> yeah, stress. <laughs> I definitely feel that though, because if I feel like, if I start feeling stressed, um, I remember one time that specifically like everything was a mess and the dog was loose and the kids were screaming and I just like, 
just picked up a piece of toast that was in the toaster. It was old. And I'm like, I don't even like toast really. Like, what the heck? But it was just like my brain was like dopamine, like looking for a, like I was so overwhelmed. I'm like, it was self-soothing. So So what we've done with our household, um, you know, when we moved into this house back in 2019, um, Sadie's situation had just happened with cancer. And so a lot of our friends and family actually moved us in. I never really got to move in and go through things and get rid of a lot of things from, you know, our previous many, many moves. So I'm, we're kind of getting to that point right now. And we're going through the house, you know, like Samantha said, you can maybe have a bin and you can make a quota of five things to give away a day, or, um, you could go through room by room. So Samantha, it was a few months ago, she helped me go through my bedroom and my bedroom closet. And there was a lot of things we gave like seven or eight full trash bags to Goodwill and nothing that I, it would miss at all. I think it was more than that. I mean, her whole entire hallway was just lined with bags, but it was like, as like, she literally hit the point of, um, and I think that's where it happens. Like when you hit that point of like, I am just done, Mm -hmm. like, and then you just start shedding it and it feels so good. And there's never been like, I don't know. I haven't as from all this stuff we've gotten rid of and just recently we finished our basement um well it's in the process it's almost finished but we had to empty it and we probably got rid of 90 percent of the stuff in our basement which is so freeing and I'm just like oh we have an organized clean basement but there's like not one thing that I've ever been like dang I shouldn't have got rid of that well you know I have one um, apparently we got rid of, I'm going to blame it on you just so you can take the heat. Like, good. To, <laughs> what was the other thing? The bra and the pants. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> she took some of my, um, clothes and she made them look really cute on her and I'm still not happy about it. So that's just a side note. I'm <laughs> just kidding. They look so cute on her. I keep saying you can, you would do like to borrow them. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> Anyways, um, we did accidentally, it was probably me, um, get rid of my husband's uh, Detroit, like an official Detroit Tigers uniform from the 1970s with such and such name or autograph on it. So who knows? I don't know how I would have done that. But other than that, I have not missed a thing. And honestly, I, I didn't feel bad about I was just so ready. We'll just put it that way. And every time I wake up in the morning and I um, go back into my room, it is just it, it brings me peace. I literally have so much peace now. And, um, because of what we did, there's like hardly anything ever on the floor and everything has a spot. But again, when I walk into my room, I have the diffuser. I have a cute little, she even put some little like womanly decor up, but, um, I don't know. It's been a, such a great piece that I'm like, okay, I just, I'm like salivating at the chance to go to every other room in the house. But you know, that takes time. We're busy. So also you out there, if you're like, I'm ready to do it too, maybe get a friend. Like, so Samantha and I do this for business. We do it for outreach every single time. Um, we are, I'm going to go help, um, one of my friends out tonight with two other girlfriends. So not only are we getting like women time social hour, but like, it's always a need for almost every woman. How much more fun is it to do it? Not at your house. And also, um, you know, you know what peace it brings. So, um, get a friend and say, Hey, let's trade. I'll do your garage with you. If you come and do my bedroom. No, that's great because, um, I did that a lot in the beginning of my journey and especially neighbors, 
Um, and one, it makes it way more fun and you have another person there. Like if you're struggling, like, should I keep this or get rid of this? They can kind of reason with you. And sometimes, you know, they might be like, eh, actually you should keep that or, you know, vice versa. Um, but another thing that I do is that when I declutter my clothes, I have like a group of friends and they do the same thing. They go through their clothes and we put them in bags and then we kind of like pass the bags around. So then you're getting a whole new wardrobe for free. Um, and then like whatever, obviously there's usually stuff that, you know, you don't want, you're not going to want everything out of the bag. So then you're going to have to go drop it off at Goodwill. But a lot of like, that's how I get a lot of clothes. Like I do that with a lot of people or even house decor, or if you and the neighbor swap, a lot of times I'm like giving the neighbor a bunch of stuff. She's giving me a bunch of stuff. And it's like, you know, it's like, feels so good when you get rid of stuff and you give it to someone who could actually use it and value it instead of it just sitting in the corner or in the closet collecting dust. Um, and it's like, I don't know, just like a win-win. You're both getting a clean space. You're hanging out with friends. And then also you're getting, you know, new things. And honestly, those red pants that you stole from me look way better on you. So I'm not that mad about it. <laughs> Okay, you you have two rules I think we covered on one of them. If you haven't used it in six months, then it's okay to get rid of it. Unless it's like what Samantha was saying, say she does deviled eggs once a year. I mean, there's certain things or tools out, out in the shed. Okay, but you know, for the most part, for the inside things, if you haven't used it within six months, that's a good rule of like, really consider, do you actually need this? Also, it is less than how many dollars? $20. So if you're like, oh, maybe I'll need this. If it's $20 or under, sis, toss it. If you need to go buy it again, you can. It's not going to break your bank. Um, and also, I'm a huge borrower. <laughs> like, I will text my neighbors or I'll text my friends or whatever, especially if I just need it for like one time. Like I cannot think of a good example right now, but there's been plenty of times where I'm like, I don't actually even want to go buy this because I'm only going to use it this one time. And Oh, I know I had, I needed a pink tutu for Sadie's, um, cancer bell ringing. And I was like, man, I could go make one. That's going to be a lot of time. I could go buy one. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do with an adult tutu. So I like, Put it on my neighborhood Facebook group. <laughs> I see I'm bold. I just asked the whole neighborhood. I was like, listen, I have a bell ringing. I need a tutu. And the neighbor had a pink tutu. And I was able to go borrow it and then, you know, return it to her. And yeah, like, if you're not going to use it, just borrow it. You looked really cute that day. It was for my daughter who was four years old. So Samantha showed up pretty much like she would be going to Disneyland. Like we were all wearing tutus, but she had her hair in like pigtails and like the cutest little, I just remember like you did they that on purpose. space buns, not pigtails. Whatever. <laughs> okay. So before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts for our minimalistic-ish approach for that we really feel will help other women out there? I think that we just have to keep in mind that our stuff is made to like bring joy and peace or help us to, purpose. yeah, purpose. I shouldn't say peace and joy. That comes from God. But you know what I mean? It's supposed to like add value, <laughs> <laughs> add value to our lives. Um, but if we are drowning in so much stuff that is stressing us out, like our stuff is no longer serving us, we're serving the stuff. And I think that's where the flip side of it, it comes into is that it is then the opposite. Um, so if you feel like you're that and you are, 
you know, struggling to keep things tidy or, um, and it's all about the stuff and you're just maintaining just like, there is so much freedom in letting go. Less is more. It really is. I mean, I went to culinary school. I was a chef. Um, and I think that a lot of people are, I constantly hear, um, when people come over and they look at my kitchen and they're like amazed at how little, like (laughs) kitchen things that I have. I mean, I have the basics, but I don't have all the, you know, all the infomercial, like this thing that does this, yeah, the gadgets and this, it's like, I keep it the basics and people are always like, how do you have so little? And I'm, and I'm one to host a lot. I host a lot in like big numbers of people and I never really struggle with it. You know, like I said, I might, maybe I need like an extra big man. I might ask the neighbor or something like if I do find myself in a tight spot, but you know, less really is more, you'll be amazed. And it's just so freeing. Um, and it's going to free up so much of your time too. Yeah. So last words again, if you are thinking, Hey, I need to do this, but again, I just, there's, I don't even see how to accomplish it. Do the next thing, find time an hour, maybe set a goal of two hours a week or one project a week or one project a month, but do the next thing, get started somewhere. Hopefully you have a friend or a cousin or somebody around that can help you, even your kids, right? You know, it's good to teach them these things. So, um, we'll, we'll leave you with that. Good luck mamas. And before we go, Samantha Capstick, what are you having for dinner? I am going to have a chicken pot roast. So it's like pot roast, but with chicken and potatoes and veggies and then a homemade gravy. It's really good. That sounds fantastic. We are going to have um, salmon and tuna. We have some leftover salmon from bags from Aldi's um, in the freezer. And then we have, uh, we just bought tuna. I think it comes in a pack of two. So we're going to mix and match those and we do try to have fish once a week, so I know it's supposed to be good for you, but not too much because of the mercury, right? You're just having fish, no sides? <laughs> I'm not sure about those yet. Corn and potatoes, maybe, if I don't do the roast. <laughs> All right, I'll let you wrap up. All right, stay tuned. We will see you next week, mamas. Thanks for listening to another Line Mama podcast. We hope you found value in today's topic. For more mama resources, go to alignedmamas.com follow us on social, and join our Aligned Mamas community Facebook group to connect with other moms just like you. We'd like to hear from you. Have a podcast topic? Want to get in touch with us? Want to share your story as a guest? Email us at alignedmamas at gmail.com. See you next time. I can see through my feelings now. I can see clear through my mind and the secrets. Shut my eyes.